Okay. So uh, we'll get started. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. Uh, six, 64 or three? Um, hold on. I got to get my notes file back open. Uh, it, this is 63. 63. Yes. 63. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, turned out that David was a big fan of Japanese cinema and uh, coincidentally went to the same university as me. So we got on like a bag of bricks. Well, that's a really wrong metaphor there. Like a ton of bricks. A bag oh, of bricks. A bag of bricks. A bag of bricks. <laughs> that's oh, the first wow. time I've ever heard that, but I will be using it. That's going to be, be our answer. That was not on purpose. On. We got we got along like a like a like a sailing like fire. a okay like a house on fire. Like it would be the standard fire? one. Yeah, bag a, of bricks. A, never heard it. House but fire is pretty negative anyway. Anyway, we got along. It's in the lexicon now. Okay, welcome to Tokyo Jazz Joints, episode 63 of the podcast, our year-end podcast. James, how are you? Um, doing really well, considering it's uh, it's been quite a long year. Lots of stuff going on, a lot of work, a little bit tired, but um, that was a bit of a slow intro there, Philip. Sounds like maybe you've been already hitting the festivities <laughs> there in Ireland. I was, <laughs> early start? I was thinking, early start to the Christmas I was actually uh, thinking, creek. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking the same as I sort of said it. I feel like it was like everything slowed down, like one of those films, you know, where it's like an, a slow motion action scene. Um, I, I think what it is, you know what it is? I was just thinking before we came on, actually, I feel like this feels a bit like, you know, at the end of term uh, in school when all the exams and kind of all the work's over and you're just messing about waiting for the run into the holidays. That's what it feels a bit like. We've no real notes. We've no things that we need to cover. So if you're listening, just prepare yourself. This is probably the closest to a free jazz version of the podcast that we're going to get. We've got a very loose structure. It's the closest to what it would really be like to drink with us and talk over a couple of beers exactly. in a jazz bar. Just uh, a, lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of old shite, as people would say. But yeah, um, no, that, things, that's it. things yeah. are good here. You know, a little, little bit of news to get to later on, but let's let's not bury the lead, uh, Philip. Let's start out with the good stuff. Um, I believe you have got some Exciting book news. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if that's what we discussed, but I mean, you know, in the spirit of the free jazz thing, I'll just I'll just go with it and I'll just respond to that. Um yeah, well, I mean, I think if you're listening the day that the podcast has gone out, it's the 19th of December 2023, which means it's exactly one year since we launched the Kickstarter, um, I was going to say the incredibly successful Kickstarter fundraising campaign for the Tokyo Jazz Joints book, and it was incredibly successful. But let me tell you, James, when I launched the campaign this time last year, I had obviously done a lot of prep and had some advice and it was all ready to go. And then you literally click the button and you launch the campaign. And I went into the shower and I was just came out and I looked at the thing and I was like, you see, you see, this is what's, this is the problem. You know, no one's going to contribute. This is going to be an absolute disaster. Like, I mean, and, uh, Judy said to me, well, look, it has only been like, you know, in fairness, 
20 minutes since you <laughs> launched it. And then really from that point on, uh, I think my, my good friend, Michael, uh, was a good old, old school friend. Um, and he was the first person to contribute. And I think from there on, it just kind of snowballed. And as you know yourself, I think it was the 23rd of December, we did like a little Instagram live or, or maybe it was Christmas Eve. But I mean, within about five days, we'd already hit 100%. So I think it really, like it, it blew us away as much as anyone, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we had talked about, you know, our expectations of, okay, you know, we think we can make it to this to this target. Might be a little bit close, you know, we, maybe we'll have to top it up ourselves with a few bucks at the end. And then as we started getting it, it was like, hmm, wow, okay, this is a good start. But I remember um, you telling me and then some of the stuff I'd read online about these kinds of fundraising campaigns is, is you get a you get a real big burst at the beginning with the excitement and people who are already in touch and you know really ready to support and then you've got the lull and that's when you go like oh my god we're not going to make it and then the last couple days is another big burst as you as you put out announcements you know over oh, 48 hours left help us get there but we were we were actually making little little bets and guesses about okay once we saw some support come in how many days will it take will it take 17 will it be 15 when's it going to stop and it was just shocking to think that there were so many people out there listening to the podcast and willing to support us. I mean, I'm still kind of shocked a year later, Philip. It is it is amazing because, you know, after getting all of that financial support, but think of all of this, the the, the kind words and, and like sort of encouragement we've gotten throughout this whole process from the beginning of raising the money to getting it printed to starting to send it out and then all the people sending in their photos and reviews. I mean, it's just been, honestly, it's it's been beyond my wildest dreams to see all of this love uh, for Jazz Kisaten. So yes, a big pat on the back to both of us. I think you said Jazz Kisaten there. Have to go back and edit that one. <laughs> Don't upset any listeners. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, deep, very look, deep you know, cut there. Very deep cut. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I think with all Kickstarter campaigns, my understanding, at least from from watching some interviews and things with other people in preparation, you know, there is that dip, and you think, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I think what shocked us and shocked me certainly was you know, the speed of it. And I know that when I chatted with some of the Kickstarter people, you know, they said, like, put an extra few days on because of the holiday period. Mm. And it's funny because in the end, like it, it, it felt almost like it was dragging a little bit because you thought, you know, like this just feels almost a bit too long. But I mean, it really, I think it was 601 backers, I think in the end, and it was 600, uh, 60,000 euros. So, my sense of symmetry was was very satisfied by that final figure. But I mean, the, the thing about it is, you know, I mean, as we said before in a podcast, I mean, it seems like so much money. And, and of course it is. And, and, we, and, it, and it allowed me to make certain choices with the slipcase, for example, mm. and the backing of the book and just certain things that, you know, that perhaps would have been beyond budget without that support. But also, you know, so much of it goes on postage and packaging and all these things. And, you know, um, there's not very much of it left over, but I think what was fantastic for us was to smash the target was that like, there was a little bit of wiggle room there in terms of, okay, you know, th this, this cover can be made and this thing. And, you know, I think for me, one of the most satisfying things about the book has been that slipcase, you know, that little nod to the OB, the little nod to, to record sleeves and things like that. And I'm so happy that, you know, in the second edition, that's, remained on there and that's that's stayed on there albeit you know we have a slightly different um 
you know, cover uh, color on the cover. And like, again, I mean, it's it's not even been a year since we launched the Kickstarter. And that's the other mad thing. I mean, to think that, you know, the second edition is now, as I speak, it's it's in UK and EU shops uh, and it's it's already in the warehouse. It's in the shops and in, it's going to be in the States uh, early January. Uh, the warehouses are going to be stocked there as well. So, Wow, like it, it's just been a total roller coaster, you know, to think, even going to Heidelberg to see it being printed feels like a very long time ago, but it was actually only back in, I think, around April time, you know, so, oh, was it, I mean, what a mad year, what, what a yeah, year, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that does, it's, it, that is really, <laughs> it is really weird that just time catches up on you, but I, I was thinking about, you know, thinking about that, that number of the people who, who, contributed and supported us um but also like just the range of countries as well that kind of blew me away because i i kind of assumed it would be like okay we'll, we'll have like a lot of people who maybe we know personally in our networks so there's going to be a lot of people in in ireland and great britain and in the u.s but i mean there were people all around the world who had been listening to the to the podcast without maybe getting in touch with us and then decided to support you know and and i think that, that that's really tied in we've talked about this a lot philip over the the last several episodes at least but i think it really ties into to this this kind of boom in in listening bar culture and this interest in japanese jazz kisa and of course the 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 fantastic boom in tourists of people coming to Japan to see these places for themselves, you know, it, it, the timing couldn't have aligned up better, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that three or four days of, of shipping out all the books, you know, I think it was probably somewhere in the region of 500, 550 books, you know, from the living room and like, you know, it's sort of a flurry and just like a blur of labels and names and addresses and, levels and all that sort of stuff but as you're doing that as you're sticking on these labels you know you're like argentina taiwan you know australia (laughs) yeah you know poland and just this like range of countries like right across the world i think it's in like over 55 countries now you know which is incredible and i think also it could be in more but you know sometimes it's trickier with distribution especially places like australia new zealand um you know brazil uh we've had a couple of requests there to get books down sao paulo and you know it's harder to get them there you know because i suppose you know, it's a photography book and they don't necessarily have that level of distribution that you might get with, with um, even things like novels and that. But um, anyway, we're doing our best to get it to the people who want it. And as I said, you know, like the second edition is now out. We think Care of Relag, who've been amazing throughout, um, you know, increased the print run to 4,000. So there's more copies available there. And, you know, if people keep buying them, you know, we hopefully then will be talking about a third uh, edition at some well, point in know, the near future. What's really cool also is I, I think I mentioned um, on the last episode or two episodes ago when I was in, in California and just randomly the, the record store guy, you know, he knew about the project. He didn't have a copy of the book, but was starting to get more and more stories like this. So um, a good friend of of, of the show and, and well-known DJ here in Japan, uh, Shuya Okino, um, he, he was very kind to put out a nice Japanese uh, language message about the book for us here. And then he texted me uh, privately and he said, hey, you know, he was in Paris and he was, uh, you know, having drinks with a, a French DJ friend of his. And just out of the blue, this this French DJ goes, oh, by the way, Okino-san, you know, there's this really cool looking book I saw of um, all these old jazz kisaten. You ever heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so <laughs> so getting getting those kinds of like stories is, is I'm really actually excited if I, if I ever do get on a plane again to travel, um, to, it's just to pop into 
to some of the jazz bars around Asia. And, you know, if I can bring some copies from here or just sort of promote it and just sort of keep spreading it around because, you know, as you know, I mean, there's, there's jazz joints, not just in all the places that you would expect in France or Italy or the States. But I mean, um, I remember when I, the only time I ever got to visit Vietnam, I went to the only live jazz bar in Hanoi and I met the, the owner who was a well-known sax player. And uh, so we're communicating in a little bit of English. When I tell him I live in Japan, the, the first thing he says is, Japan? Oh, so you know Doug Cafe, Shinjuku. <laughs> I was like, uh -huh. yes, yes, I do. And he was like, oh, yes, many great, great players played there. I love Japanese jazz, too. I really want to go there. And I, this guy knew about Doug, man. He'd never been to Japan before, you know? And it was just sort of like, okay, this, is, this world is so much more connected than all those many years ago when I first started going to the Kisa and was so excited. Excited. It was like, okay, this is this real underground culture, and it's so amazing, and I'm going to like make a website and try to promote it. But, but actually, you know, people already did know about it. It's a niche interest, you know? But now we're seeing that niche interest grow into something so much better. And so, you know, with the second edition of the book, I'm hoping that we can, yeah, get, get it even spread out even more. I mean, uh, surely there's a, there's a jazz bar somewhere down at the, uh, those workstations in Antarctica. I mean, people need to, you know, have music and drinks down there if they're stuck there for six months. I mean, right? so if you want to go if you want to go niche that's niche but i mean talking of niche actually <clears throat> and and talking of jazz clubs scott's jazz club in belfast um i was there last week photographing and i got chatting to richard <clears throat> who's one of the guys that that does all this amazing work with sound and lights spends all day friday getting it set up for the gigs on the friday night and then takes it all down again the same night or on the saturday morning and you know he was said he said he was over in edinburgh a few weeks ago and a friend of him said oh yeah listen to this really cool podcast uh it's called tokyo jazz joints <laughs> and, and richard was like richard was like well uh it's funny you should mention that which i think just proves really there is literally quite literally an audience for absolutely anything right because you know if someone's wandering around the beautiful city of edinburgh listening to this drivel, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fair play yeah. but listen you know just going back to the book i mean i think one of the other amazing things has been like you know is is the coverage it's had you know we've been in the guardian we've been in bbc radio 2 on the jamie cullum show uh you know it's been on german national radio it's been in french national media it's been a lot of places online we got to mention in downbeat magazine as well um and i think you know that's been been really amazing and i've been lucky enough to have the chance to go to a few different launch and signing events done some in belfast and in, in dublin in amsterdam been to some of the book fairs and stuff and what's been really interesting is when you're talking about the project and when you're when you're sort of explaining what it is and actually someone sort of i think someone challenged me at one point uh somewhere uh, i think it was in belfast actually because someone said to me look you know you're you say that these places are disappearing um, but then you're also talking here because in, in the sort of presentation that I did in, in Belfast Exposed Gallery in, in Belfast, you know, I talked also about like the, the future, you know, and my argument was, well, look, you know, overall, the trajectory of this culture is, is in downward decline. However, there are some bright, uh, you know, spots like, for example, Pithecanthropus erectus that we've talked about so many times where the owner was a younger man, customer mm. who took it over, but also these new places opening up, you know, and he said, well, you know, how can it be both? And I think like it, it you know, we, we've seen and, and it's nothing to do with us, but we've seen certainly, I think, as this interest increases and this is quite often the phenomenon, right? You know, as internationally, globally, the interest in jazz kisa increases, there's this kind of blowback effect possibly in Japan. And what we've seen, I think, over the last couple of years, much more than maybe when we started the project was this, 
you know, development of, of new places. We mentioned in a previous episode about Tonless. And I know you've been to a couple of newer places more recently, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. What, what were they? Well, what's really interesting is this, is, is that, you know, I, I think that the person who, who um, spoke to you at the event is, is correct because maybe we, the whole story hasn't come out. I mean, if you compare the, just the sheer number of joints you know, to 30, 40 years ago. Obviously, there are way, way less, and there's a lot of closures. But this sort of new wave of place, like, you know, we talked about Tonlist, or it's not new anymore, but uh, Rompachichi and Nakano, which is now, I think, more than 10 yeah. years old, um, they are adapting. Um, so I was I was walking through um, down past Downbeat, actually, in, in uh, Yokohama, and there was an old place called the Adlib. It was a, a it was a jazz club technically because there was live music, you know, there every day. But it's really just bar size. You know, Philip, remember when you walk into one of these places and it's just like immediately you're like, wow, he has never thrown a single thing out since the day he opened. The yep. Bar. Okay. Yep. Uh, Adlib was like that. So people were sitting at tables that were still just like piled with old jazz magazines and ashtrays and whatnot. Um, I didn't really go there often because it was a very local jazz club with a lot of vocals, which is not my thing. You would have loved it. Um, but anyway, one day um, I happened to walk by and there was a new awning outside and it had, <laughs> it was the incredible sign with just this plain white font that said, listen. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm listening. <laughs> There's no music. That clearly is going to be, a, you know, some type of music bar. Um, but it wasn't open yet. I finally got to go down there. And, you know, again, this world is all, all connected. It, it's a young guy. Uh, Yamanaka-san, I think is his name. And um, he used to work not only in bar music in Shibuya, but he also used to work at the old Chigusa in Noge in Yokohama, the, 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 the oldest jazz kisa in Japan, opened 1933. So he sort of, you know, now was able to get the money together. He had talked to the owner at AdLib who wanted to retire, et cetera, et cetera. So he cleaned the place out, brought in his own sound system, and now he's opened up his own little bar. Now, he, Amazing. he didn't say that it was strictly a jazz bar, but everything he played when I was there was jazz. So I think it might oh, have been... I'm getting flashbacks to Clifford. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's not yeah. open that can of worms again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, he did he did play you know one at record, which was a little ambienty. Um, but but you know, looking at his collection, there's certainly a lot of jazz in there. But but you could tell it was sort of like okay, he's gonna keep you know, it, and the place was like so spick and span clean. It didn't even look like the same space. I mean, it was sleek. You know, that's interesting because I know that we had talked about. I think like we we had ad lib or we have ad lib on the list. I think, but I think. When we had been in in Yokohama, we um, had gone obviously for other places mm. that were perhaps more pressing, or certainly at the time felt more pressing, like Minton House, for example, and and Downbeat. Um, but I know that we we kind of sideswiped it slightly because for that very reason, right, that it was more of a live live yeah, joint, yeah, right? Rather, yeah, it was definitely more of a live joint, and and I mean, he had he had live music there pretty much every single day, right up until the end. So, um, but it was still a bit of a surprise that 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 it closed. But yeah, li listen is really nice when you get down here. I'll take you there, and then um, the other new joint was um, one that. How would I describe this? So, Philip, you're familiar with the Asagaya neighborhood in on the Chuo, yeah. line, western part of Tokyo, right? So you know that's a that's a classic alleyway neighborhood. Just dozens and dozens of tiny little alleyways with hundreds of drinking dens. Well, has that crazy blues, crazy blues bar, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Chicago, yeah, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, where the owner heads off to the south side of Chicago every <laughs> yes. year or something. I remember that story, right? Oh yes, yes, that's a fantastic bar. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, but basically on one of those kind of alleyways is, is a place called Jazz Tsune. And um, what's really curious is that, well, first of all, it's really small. It's a little square, just square bar that can seat about eight people max. Incredibly, he's got a little live space in the corner for a guitarist or a singer, maybe a sax player. Um, it's only open from 12 to 6 on Saturdays. So I, I was like, okay, also guy's a little far from where I live. I, I, I couldn't figure out this mystery looking up online, even asking people. So I finally went up there and so I walk in and immediately I hear James son and sitting at the bar yes. is, is a real old pal of mine, Ida-san. I don't know if you're listening, Ida-san, but it was great to see you. Ida-san has been a Jazz Kisa customer for probably 45 plus years, he and his wife. And um, Amazing. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And so it was great to sit down with him. So, of course, the owner, you know, already I've got an intro to the guy. And he basically explains to me, he's like, well, this this little corner bar here is run by a different person every night of the week. And he only has Saturday. So Saturday, it's Jazz Bar Tsune, where he brings his records down. He puts the sign outside. <laughs> so the sign is only there on a Saturday. But the next night is a young woman who likes to play Enka records. It's a Japanese country music, right? And, you know, she wears a kimono. And on Monday night, it's just a guy who brings in whiskey and people who want to drink rare brands of whiskey. So it's it's like a communal well, a genius bar. idea, right? I mean, it's the dream, it's the dream right? Like a, It's sort of a pop-up, but you know, you don't have to really do much other than just turn up on the it's like the perfect sweet spot between running a place and like going to a bar to dj completely, right it's just in between there that's well, amazing also, what a brilliant idea to, you don't have to worry about you know covering all the rent because you're splitting it um you you know yeah, you yeah, have yeah. your customers because you're only there one time a week and mm. uh, i mean yeah it was just it was just such a surprise and i was just thinking to myself you're probably going to see more and more of these things because looking at how expensive it is to actually open a shop in japan you know where you've got to look six months down payment all that stuff um I what would you know about what would you know about opening a shop james oh uh, you, you're jumping too far ahead there's one other place i was curious about because it it it, it it's probably one of the weirdest places we've been or not weird in the sense of, of what was there, but where it was located. And I think it's kind of got a third, if I'm not mistaken, a third reincarnation now. So um, if you have the book, you can have a look, but it's, it's a place called noise, uh, mm. very distinctive. It, it had this kind of red, um, almost like psychedelic um, kind of stuff. Uh, circular sign but I think what was most notable about it was the fact that it was in like the third or fourth floor of like a of a shopping mall and it just felt so odd that there was a jazz kisa in there in that sort of clean kind Extremely of strip light location. environment Oh yeah, and and right right next to the station, the, the gigantic sort of suburban commuter hub of Machida, Machida Station, Southwest Tokyo. Um, yeah, n that noise was, and what was really strange about noise too was how big it was. I mean, it it could fit about sixty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, people. It was a massive space, and they played the music really loud in there. Um, you know, they served lunch and coffee. It was open all day. So, I mean, I don't know how many random shoppers popped in. I guess they did get a lot of people coming in for just a coffee or lunch, but, but noise, so, was, yeah. noise was great. And, um, you know, I, then about a year ago, I heard that, that they were closing. So I was, oh no, and I looked it up and then I saw, no, no, they're not closing. They're just moving. Um, Machida again, pretty far out in the suburbs, but I finally was able to go down there. And yes, it is version three. Version one was open in Shimokitazawa, your old joint, um, back in the oh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They moved They moved from Shimokita um, in the early 80s, I think, to uh, to Machida. Hmm. 
And uh, now they've just moved a couple streets away, and it's it's a first floor space. It's still pretty large. They've got the piano there, so they still do the weekend live gigs. Um, but you know, Philip, you know how sometimes when you walk in and you just get a, a different kind of vibe immediately from the customers who are there. And it could be good or bad, but sometimes it's not always just that old old guys smoking, listening to records, chatting, sort of Kisa vibe. Like sometimes you just get those different feelings. When I went into Noise on a, on a Friday night at about 6.30, I, I just felt really, really strange because there was a group of four people who clearly just come from the office and were having one of those really awkward, you know when you're having work drinks with people who are not your friends? But oh, you're trying to I love them. A, a relaxed love Friday them. Night. Just excruciating. It's even worse in Japanese because <laughs> they all have to speak so politely. Like, I, I just couldn't get far away enough from these people, you know? You should have bowled in, give them some chat. Well, then, then there was there was there was a real dandy-looking old fella sitting there, chain smoking, and looked like he was translating a Japanese book into what was either Italian or Spanish by hand. I mean, I, okay, that's fine. Not not the place I would think you'd want to go to translate stuff, but maybe the music relaxed him. And then um, an old gal sitting by herself with a newspaper, um, just downing bottle after bottle she had i think she was on her fourth bottle of asahi by the time i left uh so she definitely stuck out but all these groups were completely separate and then a guy sitting all the way in the back um wearing his headphones and seemingly watching a movie on his phone while in noise with the music blaring so again not a place i would go into when i wanted to watch something but okay Maybe that was the only place. At least, at least he had his. Night. At least he had his headphones on because, like, if the <laughs> if it was here, if it was here, that same guy would have been sat at the table playing his, uh, watching a film on his phone on the uh. loudspeaker of his phone, and it would have clashed with the music. So, you know. Be grateful for what you've got. I say, like small mercies and oh, all well, that. That's, but yeah, that's, that's where in Japan, you yeah. Thankfully, there's still a bit of uh, <laughs> appreciation for the etiquette. Neighbors, but but it was a, it was a nice new look. It was it was a good joint. It was strange because you know they had moved. You would have thought they would have like you know spiffied it up a little bit, but it kind of had the same exact feel as the old joint. You know, a lot of things hanging from the walls. Um, you said it was psychedelic. To me, the sign always looked a little more Art Deco, like a kind of thing you'd see in the 1930s, like the old Metropolis film. You know, you know the the the, the yeah. movie it kind of looked like that but um but anyway it, it was really really nice uh, you know i i dug it i you know i had my beer i kind of just looked around at all these people and then oh yeah and then being friday night in machida very exciting um a group i don't know if they were on dates or not but two young women and young guys came in um but clearly dug the music because as i went to pay i heard them talking about the record that was playing and so you know again that kind of like it kind of made me really feel happy. It's like, oh, they're not just coming in to drink. They're actually jazz fans, you know? Um, and they couldn't have been, I mean, what, maybe mid-20s, late-20s at the most. So, n- again, not your normal crowd, but um, a, a really cool place. And it was it was good to see that, they, that they're going to keep it going because they're going to be passing, I think they'll be passing 55 years next year. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, it's very cool. I mean, again, like, you know, to go back to the original question, I suppose... Y- you know, there are positive signs. I mean, ultimately, right, just the sheer number that exists and the age, the average age of the owners, you know, you can't see, but it's certain you can't see any real increase in that way. But certainly, you know, these kind of things and this renewed interest Mm. globally and also then within Japan, you know, 
at least we can hope that it will slow down that decline to some degree. And well, also, the, the, you know, they're the, going to the, evolve, right? There's there's one more quick one, and that's even even maybe more encouraging. I've not gotten there yet, so it's going to have to wait for the new year. But it's it's a place called Ella and Lewis, which is an album I ah yes yes certain yes. that you have yes. Um, but what's really interesting is that it is. It, it, I don't think she's the owner. But the person running it is a very young woman. I, I was told that she was only 23, so I'm not exactly sure of the ownership situation because that would seem pretty young to be opening your own place. But um, obviously from the name and looking at the pictures of it, um, it's certainly, I don't want to say retro, but it's certainly going for that old school vibe. I think they do play a lot of swing and a lot of vocal music and um, quite, quite a lot of special coffee. So I'm quite interested to go... Fingers crossed for 2024. It's been an incredible 2023 for, for Tokyo Jazz Joints, you know, and in 2024, um, you know, the book will continue. Someone someone called me up yesterday, call, called me on the other day about, I think I uttered the words about breaking America and someone said, all right, calm down, Beatles. But like, um, <laughs> but you know, oh, I was going to say you can't break what's already broken, but that's a, that's the, yeah, that's a, that's our, that's, oh, that's true podcast. actually. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's for our political podcast. But you know, I mean, you know, the book went to America, there's 500 pre-orders. And as soon as they arrived there, they were already gone, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then obviously we've had this delay with the second edition in terms of getting it printed and getting it out there. So I feel like there's a lot, uh, a lot bigger audience in America for the project and you know again as you said with Nick as well who I've been in touch with too about photos like it's just amazing how you see gradually this kind of like ecosystem emerging where the, all these things are connected and you know it's all involving people who have this love for this music for this culture and you know for Japan and you know it's just a fantastic thing to be part of and also what we want to say as the year-end podcast is thank you to all of you because it blows my mind. Like every time I go onto SoundCloud and I look at the insights, it just amazes me that the range of listenership and geographically, the number of listens that we have, you know, even when you post the podcast on a, on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock within like an hour, there's a hundred odd listens. And that that's just amazing. And we are genuinely, and I know we say this, but I think you can't really say it enough, to be honest, that we're so genuinely grateful for all your support, for all your enthusiasm, for all your encouragement. And, you know, even... Now we still see people, oh, just discovered this book, just found this podcast. We get these nice messages or posts on on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So thank you all for 2023. We hope that you'll stick with us in 2024. Um, And uh, yeah, it promises to be a really exciting year ahead. It's going to be amazing. And uh, counting down the days till you get here in uh, in February, um, we're working on a little map of places. There's still so many more. Philip, I can't believe it. I mean, people are going to be surprised at this considering how long um, we've been doing the project. But, you know, they also don't realize how big the Tokyo metro area is. I think my list is now up to 27 places in the Kanto area that we still need to yeah. visit. Now, some of, some of those are really far, far, far out. Um, you know, kind of like a like a Rindo type of half day yeah, trip. Rindo yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so it's not as if you can just like stop by after work. You know, so that's that's why. But but even even in in the center part of town, there's a couple of, of places we haven't hit or or a couple of new ones. So, super excited for that. Um, and yeah, man, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm 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 ready to get going. All right. Well, listen, um, it's the 19th of December, so uh, the holiday season is nearly upon us. And uh, I hope you enjoy your Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, I'll be having the more traditional trimmings on the 25th. Uh, We'll, of course, be in touch. And 
in terms of listeners, look, we'll keep you in the loop. Uh, you know, make sure you check out at Tokyo Jazz Joints on on Instagram, on X, on Facebook. But we're probably most active on Instagram. Um, wow, tell your friends. You. Use, using X. Wow, that's impressive. Well, I mean, it's, it's so more... up to date with the technology, Philip. It's always impressive. I, I don't like this formerly known as Twitter because I think anyone who's using it already knows, right? You know, as, as sad a loss I, as that I, is. So. I don't even say formally. Um, oh, and of course, the most important, um, the three plus hour two-part year-end OK Jazz is, of course, now up online. I go through all, uh, not all, because it's impossible, but I go through 33 tracks of some of my favorite new releases and reissues of the year. Um, Philip, obviously, you've already listened to it twice, so you know how good it is, but um, that can be found in all the usual places as well, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or directly at Tokyo Jazz site. So don't forget, OK Jazz year-end two-parter. Three-plus hours of me and great music. I mean, what's a better Christmas Eve when you're at home with the family and your loved ones? I mean, Christmas is stressful enough without having to listen to that. But anyway, <laughs> right, look, um, uh, you have a good holiday season, uh, whatever you do, and a happy new year and all that. We'll be in touch uh, and if you're listening still, thank you. Expect more from us in 2024, particularly after February. Uh, more stories to tell, more photos to share. And thank you all again. James, yep. that's me. Much I'm love. out. Okay. See ya. Peace. Take care, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye.